0: Hope you enjoyed the, uh, the baptisms there. It was fantastic hearing Eli's video. And, and I want to say that Eli's video kind of tells a very similar story to several of the other people who are being baptized. I bet every one of them could tell you how there was someone who played a part in their lives. And uh, it's just great to see. And I hope you're encouraged this morning to know that when we have our baptism services, it's celebrating what God's done in someone's life. But it's also celebrating maybe the role you've played in someone's life. Maybe you've been instrumental in helping uh, somebody grow in their faith, draw closer to Jesus. So we're in this series called What If, uh, sorry, called If, and uh, this week I want to talk about What If, which is actually quite um, ironic because I was on a field trip this week, a fifth grade field trip to the Lincoln Museum in Springfield. A lot of fun. And um, I was on the bus on the way down there. My daughter is in fifth grade, Emma. And uh, we were on the bus on the way down there. And there was one of the boys, this little fifth grade boy, he was reading a book called What If? And uh, it was kind of funny. And I said, hey, can I check out that book? I, that, that phrase uh, uh, interests me. So he showed me. And this particular book was based on a blog. And it's this scientist who asks these bizarre questions and then answers them scientifically. I say bizarre. Here was one of the questions in the book. What would happen if everyone on earth stood as close to each other as they could and jumped, everyone landing on the ground at the same instant. Yeah, and then he actually goes through scientifically to explain what would happen. Apparently, it's nothing. The Earth is so big that all those people jump in, it just wouldn't even affect it. Um, if every person on Earth aimed a laser pointer at the moon at the same time, would it change color? Great question. Apparently, the answer is no. Um, and another one I saw in there that was fun, is it possible to build a jetpack using downward-firing machine guns? You know, so you're firing it, and it's like, and and the answer is yes. Apparently, there is a machine gun powerful enough, and if you get enough of them together, it will... Launch you into the air, and here's this fifth grader reading this book. And the reason I saw this book is because there was another fifth grader on the church, on the bus who whose family attends Connect, and uh, he kind of tugged on my sh- my shirt and he goes, "Dave, look at this book this guy's reading." I was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "That's like that that message from you f- that you did at church." I was like, "It is." How did you know? He says, "Well, I was I was on the Connect Church website just watching some of the videos." So I was like, "Wow, good for you, buddy." So, to you fifth graders watching at home, nice to <laughs> nice to have you with me. (laughs) So we're in this series looking at this word, if. It's such a tiny word as far as the number of letters, but it's such a big word, isn't it, with its implications. The first week, we had kind of an introduction, but on week two, we talked about if only regrets. Many of us kind of look back at times in our life thinking, if only I hadn't done this, or if only that hadn't happened. But throughout this series, we've been looking at Romans chapter 8, and there's a fantastic verse in Romans chapter 8 that is just liberating to us. It opens up the chapter, and it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We learned on that week that if God doesn't condemn you, then why do you keep condemning yourselves? We should live in the freedom. Last week, we talked about this, this phrase, as if. We looked at our identities because in Romans eight thirty seven it says that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. One of the questions, we've been uh, encouraging people to go through small groups during this series and, and talk about the, the message. So several people or several groups are gathering, and I've been getting some feedback on how that's going. And one of the questions in last week's small group was, how many of you feel like a conqueror? And apparently the overwhelming answer was, none of us. <laughs> uh, you feel like a conqueror? Nope, nope, nope. But Paul says here, when he writes to these people in Rome, he says in Romans that we are more than conquerors. And that's what we talked about last week when we were thinking about as if, that we are to live as if what God says about us is true. Because it is. He sees us as more than conquerors. But this morning, I'm really excited. Not just because of the baptisms, which are awesome, but I'm excited because I feel like the series has been building to this morning. Because this morning, we're going to look at this phrase, what if? What if the idea of what are the dreams that God has put inside you? What is the, the, the um, visions, the, the ideas? What if I could do this? What if this is something? And, and what if it's a phrase that's full of potential? What if God wants to do more in us and through us than we realize? What if God has a plan for us that is wilder than we can ever imagine? What if that crazy idea or dream we had was actually from God himself and he wants to use us to do something amazing? So how does what-if develop? How do these what-if dreams develop inside of us? You know, there was a a map drawn of our capital city, Washington, D.C. It was first conceived in the the mind of a French-born architect named Pierre-Charles L'Enfant. About 200 years ago, a little more than that, he was commissioned by George Washington to survey this 10-mile square that was pretty much just all farmland and swampland, The population of that time was about 8,000 people. And while surveying this this spot of land that George Washington had sent him out to look at, he came across this this kind of hill there. It's called Jenkins Hill. And he thought, you know, that might be a good spot for what he called Congress House. Today, 200 years later, that spot is known as Capitol Hill. Pierre-Charles L'Enfant, when he drew this map, was drawing what we now know as Washington, D.C., This map that he drew by hand on a small piece of paper and handed to George Washington on August the 19th, 1791. It now sits in a 108-pound plexiglass case surrounded by pressurized argon gas at the Library of Congress. You can go to Washington, D.C., and you can see this map. For more than two centuries, this plan has framed the cityscape of Washington, D.C., through trillions of dollars, tons of marble, brick, and concrete, hours and hours of manual labor. This dream on a piece of paper has become the reality that you and I now know as Pennsylvania Avenue, DuPont Circle, the National Mall. If you've ever spent any time in Washington, D.C., you've probably walked some of the streets that this guy dreamed up 200 years ago. You see, when it comes to these these what-if ideas that God's put inside of us, I think there are are two phases to it. Every what-if is created twice. Every what-if is created twice. First, it's an idea that's conceived in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit. Then second, that physical manifestation of that what-if takes place. And sometimes from the idea to the reality can be a long time. Sometimes it can be a short time, but in this situation it can be hundreds of years. But I think God's put some dreams and some ideas in in every one of us. And here's how I believe this to be true. Here's why I think this is true. Because this morning I want to tell you that you are a what-if idea that God had. Listen to what the psalmist, King David, you'll know him as the guy who slayed Goliath. Listen to what he said when talking about us through the eyes of God, the Creator. In Psalms 139, verses 13 to 16. He says, you made the parts inside me. You put me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you for the greatness of the way I was made brings fear. Your works are great and my soul knows it well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and put together with care in the deep part of the earth. Your eyes saw me before I was put together. And all of the days of my life were written in your book before any of them came to be. David's painting this picture of this creative God who created you and me, who had a what-if, who had a plan that we are now the fulfillment of. And just as God created you, I think he's called us to create. Very early on, the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, we read that God created the heavens and the earth, but then just a few short verses later, we learn that he made man in his own image. That means this creative God created us to create. And nothing gets us closer to the heart of God than when we are exercising that creativity when we are dreaming of the what if what is it that God could do in me and through me I, this isn 't in my notes, but I just I was watching the video the second time i 'd watched eli 's video, and it was such a great video, and knowing what I was going to speak on this morning, I was just so captivated in that moment when he said, and, and then at this wedding I, I got to meet um, Dave Jane, who, was the pastor of, who would be the one day be the pastor of Connect Church, I got to meet the lady I was one day going to marry. And, and he was telling this story, and little did he know back then the plan God had for his life. Eli's a fantastic member of Connect. You may have seen him. He's an active member of the worship team. He's a leader in the youth group. He's just such a great person to have as a part of Connect Church. And it just blows me away that that day at that wedding, God was already starting to do something that he knew would bring him to this point. Sometimes our what-ifs start before we even realize. So what is your what-if this morning? What is your, your one good idea, your God-sized dream, your, your God-ordained passion? Let me give you an example of one of mine. So for me... Um, a recent example was just back in 2012, it was the summer of 2012, I was sat in the office of the pastor of Riverside Community Church, a church that I was on staff at, I was the associate pastor there, to be honest with you, I was kind of happy with how things were going, I was, I was enjoying my job there, but we got talking about my future and, and what the world looks like ahead and what God's plans were for Dave Jane, and, and, and he said to me, John King said, you know, Dave, if you could do anything, if you weren't on staff here and you could do anything, what would you do? I said, I don't know, I kind of like being on staff here. But he said, but if you were to stretch yourself, if you were to try something new, what would you do? And I said, well, I've got to be honest. I said, I love working at Riverside. I love being here in Peoria. But sometimes we'll invite our friends from Washington um, who don't currently attend church, don't have a relationship with Jesus. We'll invite them to come with us to church. And very often they'll say, oh, it's all the way in Peoria. I don't want to go to Peoria. It's like the other side of the bridge. <laughs> I said to John, what if I could plant a church in Washington to reach people who don't currently attend church? What if there was a church that I could invite my friends and my neighbors to? What if I could be a part of getting that church started? And here you are today at that church, at Connect Church. You're inviting your friends and neighbors. It wasn't long enough to connect church, it was up and running, we, we set up and we tear down in this middle school every week and we love it, we have an amazing relationship with Washington Middle School, they let us have church, they let us fill a tub full of water in their gym, I mean they're just so um, just amazing to work with, but from day one we always knew that this was kind of temporary, that eventually there would come a time where we would find a permanent location, a place that we could call our home here in Washington. And I would find myself driving up and down the main street there in Washington and I would drive past that empty building where Tractor Supply Company used to be and and I would just kind of say this prayer, God, what what if one day we could have that building? What if one day that could be our church? What if, God, I could take this old empty building and breathe life into it in the same way that you breathed life into our old empty bodies? What a great story, God, that would be. I didn't think it was possible. I couldn't see how we could possibly make it happen. But as many of you know, that is now going to be our future home. And it's just miraculous how we found ourselves getting there. Now, i got to confess, when you think about what if dreams, when you think about things like that, it is so easy to look in the rearview mirror and see God at work. <laughs> to look back and see, oh, I can see now how God was in there. I wish all of our dreams looking forward were that clear. I don't know if you guys uh, are into the Bourne movies, Jason Bourne movies, I remember one of them, there was this, I mean, they're the kind of movies you you really enjoy, but you have to push pause on the belief button, okay? There's some stuff that happens in that, and many movies where if you try and think about it too much, you stop thinking about the movies, you're like, that wouldn't happen in real life. Well, this is one of those situations. I remember watching the Jason Bourne movie, and uh, there was a scene in the CIA office, and they're looking for this woman, one of the spies, and um, they tap into every camera in the world, which, obviously, the CIA can do that. You know, all the security cameras, older and uh, that's you know popping out and then suddenly this woman kind of walks past this camera they see this is you know just a flash of blonde hair and she's like "Stop!" Go back, go back five seconds. And it's just this blur. She's like, enhance that image. You know, and it's instantly. It's to, 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 to. I think there's even a sound effect, you know, because images don't enhance without sounds. So they're like, a, to, 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 to. and it, uh, the image enhances, enhances. And there it is, Julia Stiles. It's like her, and she's like, there, she's there. We've got to go. And I was like, come on. <laughs> As if that would really happen in real life. But wouldn't it be cool if that was the case with our dreams? Because I feel like somehow, sometimes we get these dreams, these ideas, and, and they seem a little bit like that, a little bit blurry. Maybe the image when we first get it looks something like this. And I want to just be able to look at that image and say, okay, enhance. Enhance. Okay, zoom in. Enhance again. Yes, that's where God's going to take us. I wish we could do that with our what-if dreams, but sometimes it just remains A blur. And now in hindsight, I just give so much thanks to God because earlier this year, I didn't know how we could um, buy this building and renovate it. I felt like as a church, we'd been wise with our money. I knew we could buy the building, but I wasn't sure how we could put the money into it to renovate it. So we came to you in April of this year. We did a series called Together for Washington. We came to the church and we talked about this idea of how we can all play a part in this. We've we, we shared the idea of this three-year campaign where friends of Connect, people who attend Connect, they can actually sign up and say, we want to give over and above over the next three years. It was an incredible time. It was so exciting to see this, this what-if dream start to grow and become real. We saw 137 families and individuals step up to partner with us and seeing this dream come true. Together, you committed over a million dollars over a three-year period, which was incredible. Our goal was seven hundred thousand, and we had commitments of a million. And here's the incredible thing: that was only five months ago, and already, five months later, we've you've given we've given two hundred and eight thousand dollars of that total. We have two hundred and eight thousand dollars of that money. And here's the amazing thing. That's, that's not just from the people who pledged an issue. We've had other people who weren't even part of that pledge who, who have said, I want to give. I want to be a part of this dream. I want to be a part of this what-if adventure that Connect Church is on. You have that option still. You, you've not missed out. You can still, Together for Washington is, is the name of the, the fund there if you want to be a part of that. It's so exciting when, when God gives you these dreams and you step into them and then he starts to work. He starts to show himself. So maybe this morning, God's dropping some ideas. Maybe throughout this series, he's been dropping some ideas. And and you're still sitting there thinking, well, I still need a little bit of a nudge. I'm still not really sure if I want to step out and do this. Well, we'll listen to what Paul tells us this week in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If you're still on the fence as far as your what-if dreams, he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? One of my favorite scenes in Rocky, uh, the, the one when he fights Drago, the Russian, is uh, he's just getting pummeled. I mean, he's just, and it's great Rocky movie, you know, because it just looks like he's going to lose. And he goes back to his corner. He's bleeding. You know, he's, he's just in a mess. And there's several people in his corner. There's one guy squirting water in his mouth. One guy's, like, hitting his eye and patching his eye and doing this stuff to try and heal the cuts and everything. But then there's Paulie. Paulie's Rocky's coach. Paulie's his trainer, his manager. And, and, and Rocky says to Paulie, Paulie, I can see three of them. And Paulie says, well, hit the one in the middle. Just great coaching, great direction. But, but when you think of fighters like that, it's great to know that there's someone in your corner. Someone in your corner who's watching the fight. If you watched the fight last night, someone in your corner who gets involved in the fight. But um, it's great to know that there's someone in your corner. God, this, this verse, when I read this verse, if God is for us, who can be against us? It makes me feel like God is in my corner. God is there rooting for me. God is there cheering me on. He's not just giving me these dreams, these ideas. He's there saying, come on, you can do this. Listen to what else we learn in Romans 8. I love this. In a couple of verses after that, in verse 34, it says, Christ Jesus who died... More than that, who was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God and he is interceding for us. That means right now, Jesus is sat at the right hand of God and he's saying, hey, you see Dave Jane? I'm cheering him on. he's, He's interceding. He's like a lawyer pleading our case on our behalf. He's standing there for us, cheering us on. So don't let fear stop you this morning. God is for you. He is in your corner. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying here this morning, because some of you, maybe you get excited now, that what if dream, and you're like, Dave's right, I, I can't fail, I, I can do anything, and you're going to run out of here this morning, and you're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Well, this series is based on a a book called If by an author, Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson is a pastor uh, who grew up at a church not too far away from here in Naperville. And uh, now he's a pastor of a massive church out in Washington, D.C., doing some incredible things for God, written several books. But not many people know this, but the church he planted in Washington, D.C., it's the second church he planted. The reason it's the second church is because the first church he planted was a complete failure. He talks about it. He says that we'd formed this core group, we'd opened a bank account, we'd chose the church name. He says I'd even put together a 25-year plan. I had a 25-year plan for what was going to happen with this church. He says but our core group imploded before we could even hold our first service. Before they even had their very first service, the church collapsed. He says, that failed attempt at church planting ranks as one of the most embarrassing and disillusioned seasons of my life. I had no idea where to go or what to do. I was emotionally and spiritually miserable. I imagine Mark Batterson was sat in a service like this one day and there was some pastor up the front. Maybe he had a cool accent. Maybe he didn't. But he was kind of cheering him on saying, hey, you know, you've got this what if dream you should do. And he's thinking, he's plant a church. I feel like God's been telling me to plant a church. And he gets excited. He goes, if God is for us, who can be against? I'm going to do this. And he goes out and he plants this church and it fails. He probably wants to go back and say to that pastor, hey, what was up with that message? <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to me. But here's what Mark Batterson says. He says, if we allow our failures to define us, they can ruin us. But when failure is handled properly, we learn our most valuable lessons. We are far less likely to take the credit or take for granted later successes. We discover that even when we fall flat, God is there to pick us up. He said, failure has a way of opening up other options. And then this phrase that I read of his in a book, I love this. He says, the key to overcoming the fear of failure is not success, it's failure in small enough doses that you build up immunity. He's the pastor now of this massive church in Washington, D.C., and he says, had I not failed in that instance, I don't think I would have learned some of the things I needed to learn to now be the pastor of this church in Washington, D.C., So I want to encourage you this morning. I believe God has given you some what-if dreams. I believe some of you are going to step out and do some things. And I believe some of you are going to have an incredible journey and an incredibly successful uh, story to tell. And some of you are going to fail. But even in that, if you'll allow him, I think God will work in your life. God will show you that in all things, he can work together for his good. I think the biggest failure isn't stepping out and failing. It's not stepping out at all. It's not following through on that what-if dream. It's not having the courage to step out and to try that. I want to finish with a couple of stories here this morning. I realized I shared my what if story earlier about how I quit my job at my previous church and then we came and we started Connect Church and you're here this morning. And this is a great you know, journey that we've been on and you're a part of that story. And, and you may think that, okay, so Dave, we, I'm going to leave. I'm going to tell my boss tomorrow I quit. And uh, everyone across the community, everyone across Connect, you're going to quit your jobs. You're, so I want to assure you this morning, you don't have to quit your job to follow your what if dream. We have a great lady here at Connect. I've actually talked about her before. Um, she has a heart to teach. She's just great with kids. And it wasn't too long ago that she was teaching in our community, but then that job uh, dried up and she was looking for another job and a position came open in an inner city school on the south side of Peoria. And it wasn't really what she was pursuing. It wasn't really what she had in mind, but... She kind of had this idea what if I could teach in that school and what if I could make a difference in the lives of some of these kids who maybe don't have a strong family background, you know, who have been born into situations of poverty and uh, just some of the other challenges that come from living in that part of Peoria. What if God could use me to make a difference in the lives of these kids? I want to tell you that for several years now, she's been a teacher in that school and she's making a huge difference because she followed that what-if dream that God gave her. A couple of months ago, we had a young lady come and speak here. Her name was Rashida Tiggs. She grew up in Taft Homes. God got a hold of her life when she was in her late teens, and she went out to New York City and was a part of a ministry program out there where God just transformed her life completely. She's now in the Bronx doing these Sunday school and these street Sunday school classes, reaching kids in the inner city out there in New York. She stood here, and she told her story, it's very emotional, she cried several times, but I know that this lady, Michelle, like several other of you, of you who are teachers, just wept the entire morning, because she looks out and sees these kids that Rashida once was, and she realizes maybe one of these kids one day will be doing what Rashida does. Maybe your what if isn't a what, it's a who, Like Eli's story, maybe your what if is a who. It's somebody who you, you're going to transform their lives. God's going to use you to make a difference in their lives. I had coffee with a, uh, a young man from Connect just recently, him and his wife, they're a, uh, a family, they come to Connect, and he was sharing with me, he says, you know, we're going through some changes in the family, you know, my job's going well, but my wife, she's got this great job she does, but she also has a, a hobby on the side that she's really kind of getting good at, and she's really enjoying doing, and she's actually at that point now where she feels like she needs to quit her job to pursue this hobby, to pursue it as a career. You said, I've got to be honest with you, it doesn't make sense yet. You know, we're, we're not there financially, we can't make this work. But through this series, we've been thinking, well, what if? What if this is what God wants us to do? What if we step out and perhaps God, we talked about that in the first week, perhaps God will be there to help us. And they're taking this step of faith, this, this step into the unknown. But I'm excited for them. Because I think this what if is going to be a new chapter of their lives. And I think they're going to look back on this and, and, uh, and realize, man, I'm so glad. I'm looking back wondering what would have happened had I not done that. I talked earlier about that Together for Washington um, series that we did earlier in the year. So if you weren't here during that time, we, we gave people the opportunity to fill out some cards and say, I want to be a part of this, uh, this dream of seeing Connect Church in their permanent location. And people said, I want to give this much over the next three years. And uh, it was just it, it was very, very humbling for Case and I, for the leadership, to see how many of you are willing to say, we're, we're going to sacrifice. We're going to go over and above to do this. But I think the most humbling moment for the pair of us was when we, we found this one card, we came, we, we came across this one card of someone who doesn't even attend Connect Church. They have a connection through their family with Connect Church, but this particular person doesn't even attend Connect Church. They go to another church. They live here in Washington, but they're so excited about what God is doing in our community, and they're so excited about what God's doing through Connect, and they see it in the lives of their family who attend Connect. And this particular couple, they were the largest givers to our campaign, to our Together for Washington campaign. The biggest gift we got was from a family outside of Connect Church. And I connected with this person. I know, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? <laughs> and it was a big gift. I made a point of personally connecting with the martyrs and just, I said, I'm so overwhelmed, humbled, amazed, grateful. Thank you so much. He says, you want to, he goes, I'll tell you a story. He goes, this was years ago, maybe three, four, five years ago. He said, I felt like God gave me this number. I felt like God said, one day you're going to give this amount. He goes, back then, I couldn't even imagine being able to give that amount. But he said, I felt like God said, I'm going to stretch you, and one day you're going to give. He says, well, I've been waiting and praying. He said, "And I just when, when my daughter told me about what you guys were doing, he goes, I just felt like God was saying, this is it. And we as a church got to partner with him in a what-if dream that he'd had years ago. And now God was giving him the opportunity to fulfill today through us. One of my favorite verses in all scripture is in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. I wanna close out with this verse this morning because I think it just captures the whole essence of this idea of what if. Paul's right into the church in Ephesus and he says, now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. God is able to do immeasurably more than you and I can ever ask or imagine. That's the God we serve. That's the God who changed the lives of the people who are baptized this morning. And that's the God who's put some of those what-if dreams, ideas, visions, passions inside of you this morning. And God is for you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Don't hold back. Maybe this series was God's time to challenge you to step out and pursue that what-if dream in your life. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. I just, I, I pray, God, that that picture of that map will, will stick with us this week. The idea that when that guy was put in pen to paper, he had this dream, this, this vision of what one day might become. And 200 years later, we can walk the streets of that city that was once just a picture in a guy's mind. God, I think you've put pictures and ideas in our minds. And for some of us this morning, it's kind of blurry and we're not really completely sure what it looks like. But Father, I just pray we'd have the courage to step out and follow those what-if dreams, those what-if desires, that what-if potential that's that's inside every one of us. Give us the courage, Lord, to pursue you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.